Iguanas. Dragons. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is technology news. This is from PCGamer.com. And kind of continues the uh, the unintentional theme we've been having lately of, is this the future? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the headline is, these smart contact lenses have a built-in display for augmented reality. Oh, what? Right? That is... That's a future. Is that necessary right now? All right. <laughs> uh, please tell me more. Augmented reality has uh, never been necessary, so I can answer that one up front. Um, but a startup has built what it claims is the world's first true smart contact lens with an embedded display that would bring augmented reality experiences closer to your eyeball than ever before. Obviously. <laughs> uh, the company is called Mojo Vision, and its Mojo Lens is the culmination of over a decade of research development, and over a hundred patent filings. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. While it's not shipping a product yet, the company is currently demonstrating a working prototype. Um, having a functioning built-in display in a contact lens is obviously an achievement already, but MojoVision also claims it is the smallest, densest display ever built at 14,000 pixels per inch. Um, which, if you're not familiar with like PPI, uh, they mentioned that the pixel density in the Oculus Rift S, which is one of the best available VR headsets, is 538 pixels per inch. So, like, one of the best screens on a VR headset is 538, and this one is 14,000 pixels per inch. That's an incredibly how, dense display. How did they make such a huge jump in I that? I have no idea. I assume that's one of their 100 patents. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, aside from the possible entertainment and business avenues, uh, Mojo Vision hopes to bring its technology to children and adults with blindness or impaired vision through a partnership with the Vista Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Okay. When you, oh, no. when you first said that they were bringing it to children, like the first thought that my mind went to was like, so that they can become addicted to AR yeah, like oh. realities. Like it's like, oh, no, no, no. oh god. This is actually oh, a really good helping cause. It. Okay. This is awesome. actually a really good cause. Awesome. Um, enhanced image overlays with real-time contrast and lighting adjustments so they could like tweak essentially what you're seeing um, visually, uh, awesome. as well as zoom functionality are some ways that Mojo Lens could help. So they could also like allow them to zoom in, which is that's, that's actually really cool. Kind of wild. Yeah. Um uh, it's not clear how far in the future they'll have an actual retail product. Um, however, Mojo Vision has raised over $100 million in investment so far and is led by a team with resumes spanning some heavy hitters in tech, such as Apple, Amazon, Google, HP, and Microsoft. So all of them. So all of them, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, they mentioned also in the article, like right now the current prototype that they're using is actually like hooked up to something. Like it's not standalone yet which seems kind of critical that that that's problematic <laughs> um they're, i assume they're working on that of course but uh yeah you're just like walking around, you with a, <laughs> you're walking around with a contact lens that has it's like wired into like a battery pack or something it's like a monocle it's like chip, chip, pip pip cheerio it's like Hello. in your eye Ooh. i'm zooming in on you but yeah so Black Mirror has taught us that this should be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing so wrong with this. I, it's all good. Uh, these, def- be fine. these definitely won't be hacked or, I don't know. Boundaries crossed by 
parents that are overprotective of their children. Yeah. That that seems unlikely. Um, what else could not happen with these? (laughs) (laughs) Um, making people look like other people, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, choosing to block certain things from your life. Yeah. Um, that you just don't want to see. You can just block it out of your life. Uh, Again, this is all probably just fine. <laughs> yeah, that that seems great. Like no, the yeah. applications for like visual impairment. Yeah, I in reality, it does it that. does seem like it could really do some good. Um, but yeah. I'm just curious what the inevitable like <laughs> augmented reality shenanigans yeah, and what could happen there. I was, but it could also be really cool. Like, what what if I could play Pokemon Go like just from my contacts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could. Just blink to catch. Right? Blink to catch. <laughs> blink three every times time when you, you blink, see a Pokemon. You, every time you blink, you throw a Pokeball. <laughs> it's constantly, that would be so it's constantly annoying. launching <laughs> That would make you so crazy. It's fine. My first story is health news. This is from BBC.com. The headline is, and a uh, uh, disclaimer, this is kind of clickbaity, but because okay. BBC does this sometimes, but yeah. yeah. The headline is, immune discovery may treat all cancer. Okay, that, yeah, yikes. <laughs> but I will explain. Okay. Um, a team from Cardiff University in Wales has discovered a method of potentially killing several types of cancers with one single treatment. So not all. No. Uh, <laughs> so, the, they, so they lied. They, literally, the headline is misleading. Okay. Um, the findings published in Nature Immunology have not yet been, test, been tested in patients, but the researchers say they have enormous potential. The scientists were looking for unconventional and previously undiscovered ways that the immune system could naturally attack tumors, um, which is an existing line of re- field of research in general. Um, so they discovered a type of T cell and a receptor that could find and kill a wide range of cancer cells in a lab setting, including lung, skin, blood, colon, breast, bone, prostate, ovarian, kidney, and cervical cancer. So they tested all like cells from all of those. So not in a all, lab. but a lot. That's Yeah, it is a lot. That's a lot of them. You know, each one of those has like different forms of oh, it. Of course, so it's yeah. like not you can't just say this is going to cure all cancer. Right, yeah. no, that's, <laughs> it's still that is not there. <laughs> misleading. But, but yeah, they tested a lot of different types of cancer in the lab, and they found that this actually was effective against all of them, which is really rare, and I think I'm going to say unheard of. Like That's just not yeah. how I mean, therapies kinda, work. I feel like our approaches to cancer generally have not been one-size-fits-all by any stretch of the imagination. Right. It's always very specialized, even by, I feel like, even on a patient-by-patient basis. Yes. So, um, because... A general... Like, cancer treatment sounds incredible. <laughs> right. Um, so exactly how it works is still being explored, I guess. But a little bit of background. T-cell cancer therapies already exist, and the development of cancer immunotherapy in general has been an exciting advancement in recent years. However, current approaches are highly specific and work in only a limited number of cancers, um, where there is a clear target to train the T-cells to, to spot. Mm-hmm. So they're, like you said, like very specific and even patient specific in some instances. Sure. Um, so this new potential therapy is special because it's it's not. It seems to be generalizable. So that's the news. So they're hoping that they can move it into human trials, basically, because they've published this work 
you know, on in lab cells. And it's just like, it it's just pretty cool. Seems kind of too good to be true, good, to be yeah, honest. It but definitely does. They kind of very lightly went into the science of how this was working. Uh-huh. But I think I'd probably have to go read the actual paper to really understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it seems like these, I mean, I don't know, there, there, there's like some type of universal protein or something that all of these cancer cells had in common that this type of T cell was able to detect. Mm-hmm. But I don't, but and I'm I sure don't know it's why. not just like a protein that's like common to all cells. <laughs> yeah. They, they said in here that they, in their <laughs> okay. testing, they, they tested it with normal cells too, and it didn't, that it makes, didn't attack them. Okay. So they did that. <laughs> too, <laughs> so they so just release it into your body. Just, <laughs> ah! <laughs> just, it just kills everything. Like that was, that was not oh, what we, we didn't intended. Th- we didn't think about that. <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't test it with those. Whoops. Yeah, um, so that's good. That's yeah. good to know. So it's like, okay, I mean, if that actually works, that seems pretty darn awesome. It's really promising. You just go, yeah. to, go to the doctor, get some of this sprinkled in you. I don't know. Well, how just said, yeah, that's I how they know administer how they, they stuff, just, right? It's like a, a salt it. shaker just into your mouth. Right. You put it on your tongue and, and you, you like just like, swallow, and you swallow and then, it and then all your cancer is gone. Yeah, and you know, you even, what if you don't even have cancer? You just try, just what Just for the, the hell of it, yeah. What if you have... Just for the heck of it. Sorry. <laughs> Is that a swear? I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> is, is that too inappropriate? I don't know. Is that going to put us into the like this is explicit content category? I don't, I, I don't so. know what the rules are for that. I don't so. think so. <laughs> uh, my next story is dinosaur news. This is from CNN. The headline reads, Dancing dragon feathered dinosaur fossil discovered in China. They call it the dancing dragon. That sounds fun. Yeah, I thought so. The discovery of a fossil belonging to a small feathered dinosaur that lived about 120 million years ago in China's Zhou province is new to science and helps bridge the gap between dinosaurs and birds. Um, cool. Researchers named the dinosaur Wulong Bohainus. Bohainus. Bohainus which translates to a dancing dragon. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't take my word for it. Take their word for yeah. it. Uh, the dinosaur was about the size of a raven, but double its length with a long bony tail. And I'll show you like an artist's rendition of this thing. It looks kind of like a bird that then has like this giant tail just shooting out the back that's just like long, not like feathery or anything. It's just a long tail. Hmm. It's weird. Um, its entire body was covered with feathers, uh, complete with two plumes at the tail's end, um, which this thing must have been preserved somehow special because normally feathers don't don't come through like that. Right. Um, but despite its small size, it had a fierce, narrow face and a mouthful of sharp teeth. Uh, like a bird, it had small, light bones and wing-like forelimbs, and there were also a number of feathers on its legs. Uh, the fossil was initially discovered in the fossil-filled Johol province a decade ago by a farmer and was placed in China's Dalian Natural History Museum. Researchers later analyzed the fossil, and their findings were published last week in the journal The Anatomical Record. Ashley Paust, the study's author, says, The new dinosaur fits in with an incredible range of feathered-winged animals that are closely related to the origin of birds. Studying specimens like this not only shows us the sometimes surprising paths that ancient life has taken, but also allows us to test ideas about how important bird characteristics, like flight, arose in the distant past. So, yeah, basically this they think this is kind of one of the links between dinosaurs and birds. So... 
That's cool. It's a, and it, it, I, uh, I hope it looked like this because I think the, the picture that they made of it makes it look really sweet. <laughs> we haven't had a, a dinosaur news in a while, so I am excited. I'm always excited when I see like a new, a new dinosaur. Wow! Isn't that crazy? The yeah. tail, the tail is wild. The tail. Oh, it looks like something from like a fantasy novel or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> it really. It. I've never. I don't think I've seen wow. a dinosaur like it before. That's really cool. Like even among the ones with wings, it's it's just it looks totally unique. But yeah, that's cool. I love when they find new I, things. Yeah, new new discoveries like that. Though apparently they found it like a decade ago. They just hadn't actually analyzed it until now and realized it was a new. Oh, a new thing. Still cool. Still cool. Okay, my next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from CNN. The headline is, National Weather Service warns of falling iguanas. That doesn't seem ideal. No. (laughs) Uh, As the coldest air of the season spreads across the eastern U.S., even some southern states are feeling the chill. From Louisiana to the Carolinas, even... Carolinas, even <laughs> down through Florida, temperatures are averaging 10 to 15 degrees below normal. Wow. Right now. Um, so Tuesday afternoon, the National Weather Service in Miami issued a rare forecast regarding cold temperatures, but it was for iguanas. And they said this, quote, don't be surprised if you see iguanas falling from the trees tonight. And... Um, <laughs> the, Did they elaborate further? Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't think they did, but this article did. So. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, the concern for people in South Florida is that the iguanas often sleep in trees. So when their bodies go dormant, they appear to fall from the sky onto trees, cars, pools, or even people walking around. Um, and since they're large, uh, adult males can reach five feet in length and weigh up to 20 pounds. Oof. This can be dangerous if one lands on you. Right. Uh, so basically, the 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 species of iguana can't handle cold temperatures very well because they're cold-blooded. So after the temperature drops below 50 degrees Fahrenheit, I, I think that's a threshold, um, they start to get slu- like sluggish and lethargic. And it, if they're like in a tree asleep, they could get that way and like just fall out of it. So, um, and that's like a, their body's like, it's like a protective measure, I guess, that they get like lethargic. Okay. Not the falling part. Probably, yeah, I was going to say the th- falling doesn't seem the super whole, useful like, to anyone. Lethargic thing. So hmm. they're basically telling people that if it gets too cold, the, the iguanas might like start falling just, out yeah. of trees. Just keep like, an eye on out you when you're walking if you're, like, under, under a, tree. a tree. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> this only applies if you live in South Florida. Okay. So it doesn't apply to us, but uh, it- I don't know. There might be iguanas here. I don't know. Probably not because it's way colder. <laughs> Does it, are they are they okay when they fall? Did it say? It didn't say. Oh, I think they're probably okay because, like, how high up are these? Tre- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how high up they usually go. I. Uh, they also did mention that these iguanas are an invasive species. Oh yeah, that they need to like control and stuff. Right. So so it seemed like the the so the, if uh, they die the um. <laughs> A tone of the article was like not concerned for the iguana's well-being. It's very more for much. people getting hit by a twenty-pound iguana. Yeah, that makes Which sense. I kind of feel bad for the iguanas, but they are invasive. They are they are invasive down there. There's like, somebody's pets that were released. So 
And, That's the same they, thing with the snakes, and just, right? And yeah, and they just thrive in that environment. So they kind of exploded in population. I think this all happened like within the past like couple decades. Really? Yeah, they used to not be a thing down there, and and now they're like everywhere. Now they're everywhere. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you live in uh, South Florida, just be Keep careful. Keep an eye out. My next story is space news. This is from Gizmodo. NASA wants you to pick one of these nine names for its new Mars rover. Ooh. Don't get too excited. They're kind of boring. Oh. Um, NASA has narrowed down the list of possible names for its new Mars rover to just nine entries, and the public has just one week to vote for the winner. So hopefully we're getting this That's out so to you soon. soon enough. Yeah. There should be, still be time to vote by the time uh, this comes out. Um NASA originally received over 28,000 names and essay submissions from K-12 students across the U.S., narrowing the contest to 155 names last week, and now they're down to nine. Uh, the student who wins the contest will receive an invitation to see the new rover launched into space from Cape Canaveral in July of 2020, which I think is a really cool uh, prize for that. Yeah, um, that is really cool. So the names are Courage, Clarity, Endurance, Perseverance, Tenacity, vision, ingenuity, promise, and fortitude. Yeah. Those names are so boring. Yeah, Alex fell where's, asleep while I was reading those. Where's so. Rover McRoverface? <laughs> the article actually made that joke too. But oh, really? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I think because it was like a contest, so the kids were submitting, they had to submit like a short essay why they thought the name like was good. So that's probably how they narrowed down I see. those choices. Um they didn't just turn it over to the internet. Right, which has always worked out really well in the past. <laughs> uh, the new Mars rover has four science objectives. I don't know why they had to clarify their science objectives and not just, anyway. Uh, including looking for habitability, uh, seeking signs of past microbial life, collecting rock and soil samples. Soil was in quotes for some reason, but I don't know why that's... Like technically not technically soil not soil if it's, if not, it's on not, not on Earth. I don't know. I think it's technically not Earth if it's not on Earth. Um, And preparing for human exploration on Mars. So I feel like those kind of cross over into each other, but it's whatever. Uh, The final name will be announced in March. Um, But yeah, you can vote. Um, The article, which we will link, has a link to all of the names, like the essay that goes with each one. So you can see what their justification was. Okay. Looks like it was like a paragraph per name. It was a really, really short essay. Calling it an essay is kind of generous. I'd call it a a long text answer. Wait, if it was just a paragraph, I could have written that for Rover McRoverface. You you absolutely could have, and they would have said (sighs) no. Man. But but now you can choose one of those boring words to be the new Mars Rover name. I already forgot what half the words were. (laughs) So uninspired by that. I think I like tenacity. Was that one of them? Tenacity is one of them. I remember courage was one of them. Courage was the was one of them, yeah. I like I like that. My next story is food news. This is also from CNN. So I could have sworn that I had like read this before, but then it was a new thing. So I don't know why it was in my mind. But okay. Air New Zealand is experimenting with a new edible coffee cup for use on their flights. Um that will further reduce waste produced on board. Although the airline has already made the big switch to biodegradable cups both on planes and in their branded lounges, 
they're looking for even more eco-friendly options. And this new one is like an edible, it's like a, a biscuit. It's like a cookie kind of in a cup. Okay. It's um, like a bread bowl, but for coffee. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what they're doing is they're collaborating with a New Zealand-based company called Twice, um, a family-run business dedicated to making edible plant-based cups that taste, quote, as good as being good to the earth feels. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Trying a yeah, little hard there, the, but... Yeah. Um, the cups are now being rolled out on Air New Zealand flights, uh, and they are vanilla-flavored, and they can withstand the heat of coffee without melting, even hmm. though it's like a cookie. All right. Apparently, the company is also working on a new expanded line of edible plates and dishes. What's the difference between those two? Now that I'm reading that, I don't know. Uh, which could also work for Air New Zealand once they can be produced at scale. So the airline is probably going to keep using their products for more things. So, hmm. what do they? So yeah, what do they serve them on though? Like I assume the cup isn't just touching your the red like I the, think it, the, the, the. Do you want to see seat a seat back picture? table? If they want you to eat it, I don't want to just be eating something that touched that surface. Uh, that's a good question. Even more with the plates. But maybe like you don't have to necessarily eat the whole thing. I think the point is that it's like completely oh biodegradable, but you could eat it. But I agree to. with you that I wouldn't eat the bottom of it if it was like on my I don't tray. think I'd eat any of it if it was touching. I think it's germs travel, they go. Okay, this was the provided photo, which actually it is on a plate, I've now noticed. Okay, which kind of seems to defeat the purpose, but... Right. Well, if that's a reusable plate... That's true. Maybe it's it could fine. Be. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you put on like a napkin or something, that's probably fine. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. They have the napkins. I don't know. <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm putting so. It's like in my head, the plate is a thing that keeps the food away from the table. <laughs> and if it's the not food, part of the if food. the plate is also the food, and it's on the table, then that's that's no good either. But I don't know. Okay. Well, on their website, they just show it on a table. Okay. Well, the cup, but you could just eat the top of it, not the bottom. That's true. Right. Why is it? Why does twice have two eyes in it? I don't know, because it's a company name and they wanted to be cool. Is it pronounced different? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's pronounced Tweez. <laughs> also, why is their logo that it's like all curvy? Like I don't know. That what does that mean anything to, to me? To so. convey that they make curved cups <laughs> and plates, like I guess. I like that doesn't say anything to me other than it's a lot of, lot of strange choices with Tweez. Tweez, sorry. That's what I anyway, want to call. That's what I want to call the Mars rover. Yeah, if you go to their website, um, they are marketing these cups for both coffee and desserts because it's like a, again, it's like a sure. cookie, I guess. So yeah. no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool idea. They're yeah. kind of expensive. Oh, if you like, you can order that. You can order stuff off this website. Well, I don't know if they like ship international or whatever, but right. And it's like two cups. Okay, I'll just look at it because I don't remember that now. <laughs> prices two cups for ten dollars if you're just a person and want to buy these cups that's a lot that's a like that you a five dollar cookie yeah that's yeah is it good apparently it's good right. apparently they've done taste tests and it's good all right according to the air air, okay. air new zealand people so oh. hmm. all right 
don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's I'm a good idea. I'm skeptical, but for optimistic. It. I'm for it. I like the idea. I like the idea, too. But because... what are they going to serve their soda in? Oh, that is Not a in the cookie. good that's, question. That's no good. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't eat cookies with your soda nope. pop? You nope. don't dip cookies in I soda don't. pop? You never know nope. that? Nope. No? No one ever has. <laughs> and if they have, they stopped immediately. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that were just posted today or just happened today and we read them to you on the fly. Dancing Dragon. Ready, set, go! go! I found this in the New York Times. First patient with Wuhan coronavirus is identified in the U.S. Yeah, it I also saw that. found its way over here. That's not good. It's not great. Um, so a man in his 30s in Washington state is infected with the Wuhan coronavirus, the first confirmed case in the United States of a mysterious respiratory infection that has killed at least six people and sickened hundreds more in Asia. Uh, this according to the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, which they announced today on Tuesday when we're recording. Um, Federal officials also announced expanded screenings for the infection at major airports in the United States. In addition to New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, airports in Atlanta and Chicago will begin examining passengers arriving from Wuhan, China, for signs of illness. And they also point on the article they're going to start like directing any flights from there through those um, airports. Oh, so they can do the screenings? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. The infected man developed these symptoms after returning from a trip to the region around where the outbreak began. So he noticed he had a fever and um, went to the doctor and said, hey, I've been in this location. Is it maybe this? And they have confirmed now that it uh, was. Um, the uh, health officials have declined to identify the patient, which is... That's good. Uh, that. Privacy, patient privacy should be a thing. Um, but they said that he has a mild case of pneumonia. He's doing well and has been very cooperative. So his prognosis is fine. Um, so they've been trying to identify the people who have had contact with this person and uh, notified passengers on his return flight that they may have been exposed. Um, they're still trying to find out, it seems like, whether this is actually able to be spread from human to human and like at what, like, do you have to be really sick with it before you start spreading it or can you spread it just from having been in contact with it, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. They're still not sure what the actual source is. They suspect like a live animal market, but they don't know what animal okay. um, would have caused it. So they're just advising anybody who is going to China, avoid live animal markets, avoid anyone who looks like they might be sick. Um, yeah, patients have been identified in Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen, as well as Taiwan, Japan, Thailand, and South Korea. So, a but lot. this is, I think, the first case outside of uh, Asia. So, yeah. Oh man, it's not great. Do they go into any more detail about what the symptoms are? I heard yeah, pneumonia like and a fever. Fever, and let me see if I can find it again. Um respiratory symptoms so yeah any similar things to like having pneumonia essentially okay yeah but hospitals are trying are like updating their systems now to like make sure that people with similar symptoms are asked questions about um where they've been recently yeah and that kind of thing that's good so they're just they said they're trying to isolate people out of an abundance of caution which is always good yeah it is so hopefully they're uh. able to contain this um I don't. Yeah. I don't. Not really familiar with 
what the efforts are over in Asia to to control this or if they have any ideas yet because it sounds like they're still trying know. to get a grasp of what the actual disease is and and like it's, where it's coming from and, and stuff. yeah and if it can be transmitted um and where it's coming from so yeah scary stuff yeah have you ever had pneumonia uh yeah i did when i was a little kid i did it really too. it really messed me up um, it was bad yeah <gasps> yeah okay i found something on the star.com the headline is <laughs> StubHub will now let fans go into debt to nab Super Bowl tickets. Uh, what? Yeah, looking for Super Bowl tickets, but don't have $6,800 to pay for a ticket? That cannot that's be the, worth. That's like, the price they gave here. I, I have no idea how much they cost. But that is so much money. It is so much money. Um, well, StubHub is now partnering with financial technology company Affirm Inc. to let customers buy tickets on a payment plan. That's so, isn't that insane? So irresponsible. Like, what is our society? Broken. <laughs> yeah, that is so so stupid. Look at this this range of prices. It says in the next paragraph of how much these tickets cost. They go from ninety nine dollars to seventeen thousand five hundred dollars for a ticket. That's insanity so people don't make that in a year yeah seventeen thousand, not 99 dollars i think but that's just like that's it's a an event you could just watch the event on tv like that is wild isn't that yeah no like why do you if you watch on tv too you get such a better view like yeah it's probably better football's not a game where you can like really see what's going on if you're in the cheap seats no so you have to be in the expensive seats to even see anything. Right. They don't have like a Jumbotron, like hockey or something. No. So they're trying to make the tickets more accessible by not lowering the prices, but instead you can now go on a payment plan and take out like credit to get your Super Bowl ticket. Like That's so frustrating. This is this the prices of these things are just insane. Can you imagine like I don't know. I, I don't I don't even think I would buy okay, unless it was like a house or a car or something. Yeah. Like anything with credit that was like Yeah, oh, I'm no, spending like, like twenty grand on like a credit. Like right. What? Essentially you like, are you like you're spending what you would on a new car. Yeah. Like and not even a nice new car, just a <laughs> No. It's like, like that's like on the lower end of the price spectrum there. It's that's wild. That's wild. Don't, uh, don't do that. That's it's a bad Just idea. Our PSA for today is like, please do not. If you need to, if you need to do a payment payment plan for a Super Bowl ticket, you shouldn't be getting a Super Bowl ticket. Like, honestly, yeah, that's just the nature of it. Like, there, yeah. it's just going to end up being it's it's too expensive for the average person to go to it because right. there are people out there that can and will pay that much. I guess so. Yeah. Ah, that's what happens. But like, it's crazy. I don't know. I I just that's not yeah, worth it. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Maybe there's people out there that it's like your life's dream to attend this so, event, yeah. and you're you're gonna like be fulfilled in your life if you go to the Super Bowl. Like, but then I would hope you're okay, like saving but, up for it or something. Like, you shouldn't. Yeah, be, you shouldn't you be spending be money you don't have. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like if that were me, I would try to save for it over some period of time. I guess like it's right. gonna happen every year, right? Uh, yeah. But okay, maybe it's like your team is in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just it's, uh, I, it's just that this, this whole I'm biased because I'm not like a sports person, but I just feel like you can't justify 
like spending that much money on something if you no. if you can't just outright afford it. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, which I mean, really, it would be nice. It's unfortunate, if but they made the seats more accessible to. Or if they everyone. did like a kind of lottery or something. Yeah, exactly. Like the prices were the same. Like exactly, just, like they could like enter a chance to win a seat and then could pay. like lots of places do. Yeah, maybe they lotteries. do have that for some of them. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I've never like actually looked into getting Super Bowl right. tickets. So I don't yeah, know. Like ninety nine dollars doesn't seem crazy to me. For no, you say that was one of the. But that's probably just like a really bad scene. That's like you're behind like a pillar or right. something, probably. Like <laughs> and at that point, like what are you getting? Like a, that's re- like a really cheaper than like a really bad nowadays. Shakira and J Lo concert. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's, it's Shakira and J Lo this year. It's just like uh, I don't know. Yeah, like they don't even they don't have enough time to do like a real concert at the halftime show. I mean, it's no, like, exactly. It's, it's very clipped. I don't know. It's just not. I don't think most people are going to the Super Bowl for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, it's so worth it to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I haven't been. I guess I can't totally yeah. not get It's just like, it's like I've been you can to a watch football game <laughs> on TV. Yeah. And it's like, it's just another football game. Yeah. Really? Just a big one. It's just a big one. And yeah, it's a it's special time. It's a big time. football game with J-Lo. Get together with some of your friends. And Shakira and J-Lo. Someplace. Just invite them over. <laughs> I guess they can't watch because they'll be there. Watch a recording of it with Shakira and Neil. <laughs> yeah, that's the solution. There you go. Right there. That'll definitely be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.